to-do list Tick it off and add some more It just goes round and round and round That's just the way Hello and welcome to Thoughts, Conversations and To-Do Lists with me, your host, Fiona Ross. And I'm very excited to welcome the fantastic Isabel Marquez. Welcome, Hello. Isabel. Thank you for having me. I how, am honoured to be how here. How are you? Oh, you've caught me on a funny week, actually. Have I? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, I had my wisdom tooth taken out. So I've oh, kind no. of... And it was, I went into it thinking, oh, it was just a tooth extraction, but it was actually quite a major surgery. Oh. And I came back home, like all numbed up. And like, since then, I've still been quite in pain, quite swollen. So I've actually had quite a relaxed week of just reading, of doing my crochet. It's been quite nice. I think I've needed it. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds lovely, apart from the dentist thing. And and I'm not going to go there because that would be a whole podcast on its own because yeah. dentists is one of the few things that I'm genuinely scared of. I can't yeah. dentists. I I avoid I like the plague. So let's not. But I feel <laughs> I, I feel I feel for you, and I I do hope it's not too. <laughs> hope your pain is not too bad. Oh, but let me just start because some people listening might think, well, who is this Isabel? Why is Isabel a guest on uh, this podcast? So as a starting point, how would you describe yourself? So if someone said, who's Isabel Marquez? How would you describe yourself? Oh, that's a question. Um, I am a young, I guess, journalist, kind of music activist. Um, I work with charity. I work with uh, different organisations. I'm kind of just working to make the music industry a little bit better for everyone in it and for those who aren't represented in the big world of the industry, I guess. Um, that's kind of my what I would blanket it as but I am a recent graduate so I graduated from Cardiff University this summer in July I did my end of year dissertation and everything all about women in jazz so I interviewed oh about 10 women for my dissertation and I was working with my supervisor Ashley John Long who you know got us in contact which is amazing and um, since then it's just kind of been constant writing and meeting all these amazing women and just networking and working with different organizations and I'm just I think I think I'm professionally learning that's kind of what I like to think I'm a professional learner <laughs> learning how things work learning how people do things um and meeting people I'm taking this year to meet as many people as I can really I love that answer <laughs> I do. I love that answer. There was so much kind of depth and richness in that. Because sometimes you kind of say to people, and I do, I hate it when people say to me, oh, what do you do? I just don't know what to say <laughs> quite well, often. Yeah, I don't really know what, because I just started. So I don't really have a career yet. I'm just kind of saying yes to everything I can at the moment. Well, do you know what? I, and I'm glad you mentioned your age, because age is one of those things that um, sometimes is not relevant it's like it's completely not relevant to a conversation but then other times it is relevant uh, and for you when I was kind of looking at the incredible work which we will talk about that you've done your age is relevant because as you say you haven't long been out of university so the kind of the work that you've done in such a short amount of time is incredible but we will come on to that so so what I do with this podcast thoughts conversations and to do list the first thing I do and before I speak to my guests I write a list of my thoughts about my guest Ooh, okay, like that. So 
and then it's like well let's explore these if you want to so I've got I've got your name written down and the people can't obviously see this because this is audio but here's what I've put under you I've put on fire oh thank you (laughs) I put (laughs) I put portfolio question mark exclamation mark I put music relief foundation work I've put life after uni research areas gender I've put uh own music and performing question mark uh and I've put work as a reviewer so these were my thoughts that I was like hmm let's have a discussion about some of these areas just to see kind of you know where you're coming from so I'm gonna start with the on fire portfolio bit because as (laughs) we just said you you haven't long been out of university but your portfolio already is immense I mean you were straight on it weren't you yeah the minute I came out, I guess the first thing I did was that interview with Miriam Awalejo. Oh. And that was, honestly, that was the best way to start, I think, because she just inspired me. She was everything I want to be, mm. you know, in this journalism kind of world where she just does everything she wants to do, writes everything she wants to do, and doesn't really care what anyone else thinks, which is amazing um but yeah interviewing her was and she's Spanish so we just did the whole interview in Spanish which was amazing we made a really special connection um and she was like talking about Madrid and like that's where all my family's from so it was just it was something that hit very close to home for me yeah which was quite nice um to start off with and I should Um, explain actually for anyone listening so um Miriam oh she's amazing uh, she's a, a journalist. She writes for Downbeat, uh, is one of her key publications, and she joined the Women in Jazz Media team. Um, and I think, as you said, Isabel, she's a really good example of how someone can inspire someone else. And this is n- not just the purpose of this podcast, but a lot of the work I do is actually just hearing someone else's journey. Mm-hmm. It, you know, can actually change your life and inspire you yeah. to do something else. And in your case, that very much was the case, wasn't it? And I'd ne- I'd, I'd only done interviews like with my dissertation. I'd never done an interview before, like a proper going to be published in a magazine in the Women in Jazz Media magazine. Like that was huge to start off with. And I was still at university at this point. And um, the fact that I sent it to her and she was like, Isabel, this is really well written. This is amazingly written. And I was just instantly like, and then since then, I kind of just went off with it. I, I have the kind of brain and the kind of mentality where I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And I'm not yeah. going to like, I feel this kind of weight on my shoulders until I get things done, which can be a curse, but can be great. <laughs> um, so over the summer, I went to Spain and I was in the mountains for a couple of months, just kind of no internet, nothing. And I wrote like five articles up there and I just did like so many different reviews I did some interviews and stuff like that I just wrote and wrote and wrote and then I would like read them out to my mom and I'd be like is this good and she's like yeah it is good and I was like okay this is the first review I've ever written okay and then I went on I did some interning for the National Jazz Collective Mm. um, and I met quite a few amazing people I've met Zoe Rahman and mm. I I'm a big fan of Zoe Rahman so I was just there like a bit of a fangirl I met Soweto Kinch which was amazing mm. um yeah so I met some a few really amazing people but also I met some young people who had albums coming out and they just gave me their albums and they were like please review them so I was just like okay I will and I took them away with me to Spain and I reviewed them and um then I started just kind of reaching out to other magazines not just jazz but kind of um an indie magazine and I started writing 
uh, I wrote like three that single reviews just because they were quite easy. They were just like songs um, that summer as well. And I came out of that summer with 10 written articles. <laughs> so <laughs> See, this is what I mean about being on fire. That's incredible. So refresh um, my memory and also for people listening. So which publications are you writing for at the moment or have written moment? for? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing for Jazz in Europe. I've written for Jazz Fuel. I've written for the Women in Jazz Media magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write for Jazz Views. I've written for this magazine called Boot Music. I've been asked to write for Kind of Jazz, but I'm trying to work out my <laughs> timings at the moment um, because I've recently become very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm just and I write my own blog as well. Yes. So, and as I say, <laughs> let's just remember you haven't long been out of uni, but I want to, and I'm skipping it in my list, in my order here, because reviewing, and, and I often have discussions about reviewing, but you obviously love reviewing. So what, what is it that you particularly like about, I mean, I know when we get, we get sent new music, so, and I love that. I love being sent new music and exploring new mm-hmm. stuff, but there's always, I think, there's a concern from artists when they send their music off because it's a very personal thing and you send it off hoping someone will love it and hoping that someone will write about how much they love it. But of course, you know, there's lots of music out there. We have different tastes. Um, so sometimes we get sent music that maybe we don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have to write a review for that, that can sometimes be a challenge. So some people just don't. Some people, will, yeah. if I don't love it, I'm, I can't review it for you. So so I think my question really is, is what appeals to reviewing to you? What is it you love about reviewing? Um, what I kind of said to myself when I started reviewing stuff is that I won't write a negative review. Mm-hmm. I don't like writing negatively about music because I think music, every kind of music, every music made has some sort of value and has some sort of something to be spoken about positively and I think to find that positives is it's more fun than just saying oh I don't like this because it doesn't have this the right tempo or blah 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 um so I will always find something positive to write about even if I listen to something I'm like oh I really don't like this so I've listened to quite a few like quite um I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest fan I've this is crazy because I did just write an article about um women in experimental jazz but Mm. I do find experimental jazz quite difficult to listen to sometimes but I will listen to it because I find it very interesting and I find it it's fascinating and I have to say I'm going to reference um because I I have mentioned that article which we'll talk about in a second but Charlotte Keefe who Mm -hmm. I know both of us uh, adore um and she is the person uh, very much in that experimental uh, field or, or free jazz, however uh, you choose to refer to it. And I always struggled to understand it. And I, I've been to many, many different gigs over the past few years to try and get my head around it because it was something I didn't feel. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Keefe, I went to, and I can't remember what it, what gig it was, but I went to one of her performances. And what is, I mean, there's many amazing things about Charlotte Keefe. Um, but one of the things that that particular night is it suddenly made sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And there were certain things that she was doing and she explained that, you know, she wanted the audience reaction. And sometimes the audience reaction is, what? I don't, what what is that about? I don't understand (laughs) that. But that was part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that. And she, yeah, she made it make sense, you know, to me. Um, Yeah. And something that I've I've gone to see Charlotte as well. So I'm in North London and I went to the Carmel Club and um, she was just like, come along. And my supervisor Ashley John Long he was on bass um ah. which was he, and I, he was so shocked when he saw me he was like I didn't know you were coming 
okay and I brought my dad along and my dad loves that kind of music and okay so he was in his element and um but seeing them perform all together and seeing it live and Mm. seeing the instruments work as kind of part of the performance and it's just it 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 made sense (laughs) it made sense why they were doing it they all looked so comfortable and so free Mm -hmm. and that was something that really interested me and it's something that you do have to see live I think Mm -hmm. with experimental music it is something that has to happen live because when you're listening to it you're just like oh why are these random sounds happening but you if you see it you can see why they are happening um but yeah so I think interesting music is kind of what I like to review I'd like to say interesting music music that I can be like there is a lot going on here. There's a lot to dig up. So recently I got that, um, the Vivian Ertz about um, oh, the chocolates. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Yes. So I haven't reviewed it yet because I just haven't, well, I've been. Have you eaten the chocolate though? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't. It's really funny. Sorry for, for our <laughs> listeners, there's a, this incredible artist uh, based in New York called Vivian uh, Arts. And she released on uh, International Women's Day this phenomenal um, uh, album uh, called type of thing or that's spelt in a bizarre way but it's it's type of thing um but you get a bar of chocolate when you buy the physical cd like you mm-hmm. actually get a bar of chocolate and it's this beautiful cd uh and the the paper is made it's cacao paper there's a hundred female musicians um that have been involved in this i mean it's a beautiful beautiful project but it arrived for me uh and i'm like I don't know whether I should eat the chocolate. It kind of like it feels like this is a piece of art. Right there in front yeah, of me. it's like this is a piece of art and it's beautifully packaged in this chocolate. So yeah, I haven't eaten it yet. So I'm quite curious how many people will actually eat the chocolate or yeah. it's it's actually integral to the it's to the, the project. Yeah. <laughs> but I that is something that I am going to work on in the next week and also because my friend my friend Sultan Stevenson who I'm going to shout out on this podcast excellent uh, is releasing releasing his debut album nice with whirlwind records um on the 24th of March so okay. I'm going to review and do a little interview with him and because uh yeah we went to we went to college together and um, also we were in a band together for when we were teenagers so yeah it's quite nice to see your the people around you making music and doing stuff and I don't know well that's what's wonderful I think about the different platforms that that you have um is the ability to genuinely spread the word so when you hear something great or you know some someone great um to write a review to interview to give it a shout out the, these things actually help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to be and able to like, do that is amazing I really. know if I was in his position I would you know I'd love a shout out I'd love shout outs everywhere you yeah. know from all the people around me who I grew up with and stuff like that it's I think it's quite nice and also because because of the community that we were part of Haringey Young Musicians it was such a family and such a bubble and everyone I, I felt like everyone we went on so many different tours together we went we all kind of supported each other and it was it was a great environment to kind of learn how to do music basically mm-hmm. and that's where I learned you know mostly learned how to do jazz and how to love jazz and how to you know that was where I became a jazz singer and got interested in jazz singing well um, yes we're gonna cut we'll come on oh to yeah you, we'll come to, to that so, music yeah no no don't apologize because <laughs> it's like yes um uh, and so so your the articles that are coming up from you are of you for, for sorry what was his name Ashley give him another shout out the music that's coming out that you're gonna review. oh 
I'm going to review Sultan Stevenson's album. Sultan and give, I'm going to do a little um, interview with him. Okay. Uh, and Vivian, lovely. And for Vivian yeah. uh, Arts. Well, but I've the... got a big pile of CDs around me <laughs> that I just have to dig into. But I've been in recovery mode this week. So I've just given myself a little bit of a break. A breath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the last one you actually wrote was probably the one you did in the Women in Jazz Media magazine, which was about yes. experimental music and women particularly in that field. And I am curious why gender equality and looking at gender in particular, women in jazz, where, where did that passion come from you? Where did, why did you decide that that was a particular area of focus for you? Um, so I grew up with, well, in doing lots of different bands and I decided yes I'm going to do saxophone and saxophone was my main study so I've been uh, playing saxophone ever since I was seven and I you know did all the grades got up to grade eight and you know um, it was you know my life I did saxophone every day basically Um, and I was in bands and I got up to uh, a stage band and I realized looking around the room of 20 people I was the only girl Mm-hmm. for about a year yes and um I found found it difficult very difficult with some of the band leaders I'm not gonna you know go into sure. too but um yeah I found it very difficult and I had no confidence no confidence at all when it came to improvising mm-hmm. when it came to just playing these charts that were really difficult because I was told that I couldn't do it and I had a lot of difficulty with that and then just kind of going through different bands I there's always been this kind of I've always kind of been like the gimmick and the kind of the joke because I'd be the only girl and and I'd be the joke in the group because they'd be like oh, oh sorry I have to stop it that, that sounds <laughs> awful to use that word the joke did you really feel that way yeah yeah I was the point of jokes because they'd be like oh she can't play her instrument oh she can't do this and because you were a girl but that yeah, was where it was coming yeah. from and also because obviously I wasn't strong enough in the way to just kind of go and practice seven hours a day and be and come back and be like yeah look this is me because I also with jazz improvisation yeah I love playing jazz I love the music but I always felt more connected playing contemporary classical music on my Mm. saxophone I always enjoyed it more I always enjoyed being a, a a kind of a classical saxophonist and doing vibrato and doing all of these interesting I I just that's what I connected more with and um, so I never put all of my effort into learning a million. I did all the jazz theory and everything, but I didn't put all of my effort into being a jazz player because, you know, I want I want to be a jazz singer, but I didn't want to be a jazz saxophonist. Mm. Um, but I was just in jazz groups my whole life because that's kind of I did like playing the big band charts and things like that. And like when mm. it was written down, I liked that. Um but yeah, so I, I I did find it quite difficult when it came to me improvising and I the solo wasn't up to par or whatever. Um, I became the joke and it was it was quite difficult. And obviously when you become a joke and lots of people kind of see you as not able to play your instrument, you aren't wanting to push yourself to, well, I wasn't wanting to push myself to do more for it because I just felt like I couldn't do it. Then I got to university and it was it was a, a boys club it was a boys club mm-hmm. and I was basically a bit of a jazz nerd I was known as the jazz nerd I knew I read a lot of books and I read and I did a lot of research in jazz and um 
I kind of just put made myself known as the person who knew about jazz okay and that's what I wanted to do and I started this uh this girl group um in the jazz society I started the women uh well yeah the jazz girl group which was so much fun we had like a few performances and stuff like that and it was really great to have just girls come along and kind of feel the same way as I did who weren't that comfortable doing improvisation but just doing it because it was something that you know they wanted to try out and it was a place to just try out new things which was quite which is what I wanted it to be and then yeah just my whole life I've kind of seen that gap and I've seen that divide here right here I don't know but obviously the people in the podcast can't see but behind me I have a piece of artwork that I did at Art GCSE and it's uh Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald and Amy Winehouse but it's like fragmented oh did you sorry and I know people listening can't see this but there's yeah there, there is this great uh, picture on the wall but you created that did you yeah yeah for my Art GCSE and um and there's a big saxophone in the middle and it's just always been something that's just been going on in my life ever since I was you know young it just I always realized women aren't here you just see it and women aren't here and I want women to be there so badly and I want to be represented and I don't want to feel like this anymore I don't want to feel uncomfortable doing the music I want to do oh and nor should you and I have to say you just saying and obviously we've spoken many times but hearing you say out loud that you felt like a joke that actually that hurts me to hear anyone say that but to hear you say that (laughs) But mm. it's it's a conversation we we quite often have, not not just you and I, but many people where women don't feel that they have a safe environment just to be free to explore, to experiment. Um yeah. so you're you're certainly not alone in that. But I can a hundred percent tell you that you are not a joke and I'm I can <laughs> have never been a joke. So that yeah, that pains me to hear you felt that way. I hope you don't feel that way now. Uh no, no. I, I'm also I'm not as much of a performer anymore, and I wish I was. And that's something I do wish I was doing, like performing and playing and doing gigs and stuff like that. But um, I just, yeah, I don't I don't really know where to start at the moment because I've mm. just moved back to London and stuff. So it is quite a big arena to, <laughs> to start in. Um, but I did do a lot of playing and performing at university and I was doing a lot of gigs, a lot of singing as well. Um, and I was making, starting to make my own music and stuff like that. But I just, I think I'm just trying to figure it out. Mm. that's what that's the process I'm going through right now figuring it out (laughs) beautifully on to the next thing on my list actually because um only a little while ago um we saw each other at the music relief foundation Mm. which is uh, a new role that you're doing which is incredible Uh, and you were also performing at that so perhaps can you can you tell everybody a little bit about the music relief foundation and the work that you do there of course um so I at Christmas time I was like I I want to get a job in London <laughs> and I found the Music Relief Foundation which is a charity in Croydon um which, and who they put up lessons for young people they have a music school now um which are very very affordable lessons mm. lessons so it gives uh, young people in the community a chance to learn instruments and that was the first thing that drew me in it was like wow a, a child can pay one pound seventy for a lesson and That's go in, and, that and is incredible. play an instrument, yeah. which yeah. was something that you know I a big problem I had. Well, I saw throughout growing up is that music became something for people who had money mm. and people who could afford to do all of these lessons, pay forty five pounds a lesson, and who could buy a saxophone or buy this 
a massive harp or you know people who could pay to go to conservatoires and who could pay to it just it didn't seem like something that was very inclusive and learning an instrument should be inclusive it should be something that is for everyone because you know you see these kids coming in with their guitars and learning guitar and they love it and it is so important and they are doing it because this platform has been made available to them and yes so I so yeah I saw this charity and I saw the amazing things they were doing they had um, a knife crime scheme so taking kids off the streets and putting them into helping them with music and helping them with um, lots of different projects the more than able scheme um, yeah and let me just add yeah, for any listeners who don't know Croydon Croydon and I haven't looked at this recently to be honest but it certainly used to have a very high knife crime rate uh, mm-hmm. in Croydon it was uh, an area that had um had concerns and needed some love and attention I think so this is one of the many things I, that is yeah. great for the community and Croydon as well it's an area at the moment that is struggling financially it mm-hmm. is struggling in obviously in the cost of living crisis and everything that's going on it the council has gone bankrupt a number of times you know it is struggling and the families within it are struggling as well and I think it's so important to have schemes available mm. to give children the chance to do stuff to do normal things and do to, to have fun and play instruments and yeah so it is a very incredible environment to work in and also um, run by another incredible woman oh yes our lovely Magdalene mm. um, Magdalene Adenaki she is this incredible woman she um has such an amazing story as we've heard um I'm gonna try and get one as a guest actually because oh, I think she would be amazing and I say her story is yeah truly inspirational yeah so I'll, I'll leave that to her to, okay you know, but yeah, yeah let's just say she's amazing yeah <laughs> let's just say she's incredible um but yeah and she you know she did a TED talk she did she won an award she's she's this amazing speaker and the way she speaks about people and helping people it just instantly like I was like yes I, mm. I this is something I need to do and I think the main thing was making music accessible for people and making music something that they can do and they can afford and that was my number one always so um yeah and since then I've been having a lot of fun I've been having a lot of fun just kind of putting on events um we recently got some funding from the Arts Council to start our own Thornton Heath Afrobeat Orchestra excellent so we are trying to collaborate with lots of different musicians I'm reaching out to loads of different um women um trying to get people I I I emailed Camilla George lots of different Mm. people to try and see whether they can come in and collaborate with the kids um yeah we've got money to start renting out instruments so lots of them can start learning things like saxophone and trumpet and yeah so it's it's exciting and it's 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 an exciting time I've joined at probably the coolest time because it's you can see this charity developing and becoming something incredible and getting so much bigger like even just seeing the numbers on twitter and stuff like that is just growing very rapidly and it's really exciting and something that gives me a lot of joy yeah well yeah (laughs) and i know our listeners can't see your face at the moment but you can tell just when you're talking about it how exciting uh, and passionate you are about it like you can see it in your face you could probably hear it in your voice as well um and, and as I say a few weeks ago one of the events you organized I was fortunate to uh, attend with the incredible big mama um 
who it was so good it was so good. but it was so much fun it was so good it was it went incredibly and um so this was our first of our evening with series where we had we're thinking of doing four events across the year and inviting different people to come in and either do talks performances um yeah and our first one was an evening with women in jazz and we've got the lovely fiona ross i don't know if you know her she's really cool. <laughs> uh, we got yes you and big mama Me. to come along and it was so much fun you guys did these amazing talks and everyone was so captivated everyone was asking questions and this big conversation started and I feel like you know a lot of things were coming like being put down on the table and it was just it was it was so nice as well to make these things these events as well accessible to people in Croydon and and to make them like a local thing because not much is you know in Thornton Heath you know there's not much going on it's all kind of moved to the center of London and it's all in there and I'm all, and you, and, you, and you know this, I'm a big fan of um, uh, making things accessible uh, and not just jazz, but outside of London. Now, look, I live in London, you live in London mm-hmm. uh, and I love London, nothing against London, but London is not the be all and end all of everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there is great stuff that is happening <laughs> um, all over the place. Uh, and I sometimes found. I feel some of these kind of outside London communities mm-hmm. and areas are not given the love and attention that they should have. Yeah, that's what I found like when I was living in Cardiff for a few months before I moved back to London um there was not much like there is stuff going on and you do have your Welsh jazz people and of course they you know own the scene there but the 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 difference between what's going on in Cardiff and what's going on in London is insane like mm. the the things I've been able to attend since moving back it's just been yeah the difference is insane so mm. I just think it should be everywhere. It should yeah. be everywhere. And, and what was wonderful, <laughs> it should be cheap. Yeah, accessibility is that is that big issue. And so that and that yeah. includes many things, including especially financial. And as you say, music historically has been very, very expensive. And that's what was wonderful about this particular event. And Big Mama was amazing. She's actually from Croydon. Yeah, and she was saying that like the leisure centre was somewhere where she used to go swimming and that was her own swimming it's pool. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 Um, I just think that that kind of thing, like people coming back and the events being in places that you didn't, you know, they're not fancy. It wasn't a fancy room, but we made it look nice. You made it fancy. It looked gorgeous. You put <laughs> lights up and there was a grand piano there. Yeah, we have our piano now. We're very happy with our piano. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be the Soho Jazz Club to be a nice place to put on an event. Basically. Yeah. No, honestly, it was an amazing event uh, and I look forward to you doing more of those. Now, I'm aware that we could probably talk for ages. So before I ask you my final question, are there any particular shout outs or people you'd like to highlight? Highlight in my... In your world, who's in your mind at the moment that you're like, people need to know more about this person? Ooh, okay. Um, Hmm. Well... Obviously, my um, my co- my colleague at mm-hmm. Music Relief Foundation, Gershwin <gasps> Yam. Oh, she was amazing, and the yeah. song that and and again for our listeners, um, Isabel. And sorry, what was her name again? Gosha. I've got to remember terrible names. Um, you both did this beautiful song that you mm-hmm. wrote specifically for that event, but it was yeah, yeah, we wrote um, guitar vocals. It was amazing. 
because um Magdalene came like she walked up to us and she was like I want you guys to write a song for the charity and we were like (laughs) okay how do we do this in a way that's not like super cheesy Mm. um but we just kind of sat and we just wrote a song together and I've had the most fun with Gosha and I think what's quite nice is because Gosha she's like 12 years older than me um and she's like she she's incredible and she does all these amazing things but she's someone I don't think I would have met unless I was you know we were working together mm. and it's amazing to find someone who you connect so well with and who you have such a great time with but you know finding them in these amazing jobs and in these amazing situations I just I love that I love yeah I love finding people that I don't I don't know I wouldn't have met before and then just having a great time with them um but yes Gosha she is she's a Polish kind of jazz fusiony uh vocalist she's instrumentalist um she's so got how a band could we in... find her if uh, people listening who are thinking who is this Gosha I want to hear her music she's got a project called... yeah wild whispers uh with her yes with her partner I think uh Carolina mm-hmm. and so they do kind of very much like free fusiony jazz and they've done a few uh they they did a concert at Jazz Cafe Posk on Sunday I think mm-hmm. yes and I couldn't go to it because I was I couldn't move but um yes yeah she's um and she's also trying to do the um the jazz festival bringing the uh, the jazz festival how many Ah, oh, the name has escaped me. But um, she's gonna hate me for that. That I that the name escaped me. <laughs> but um, she's trying to put on a jazz festival in London, and we're okay. gonna make that happen with Women in Jazz Media. So she's just Amazing. doing lots of great things, and she's very cool. Um, who else can I think of? Oh, you really put me on the spot here. Anyway. I know, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, <laughs> we we have shouted about quite a few women uh, in this yeah. uh, times uh, so far. So um, no, that's that's amazing. And my final question is to say because um, we could talk for hours, and I believe you've got to go off to work as well. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I've left the house in the last week, so yes. I'm you know keen to I'm see some go. to see some blue skies, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, my final question is is an easy one, but interesting. What's on your to do list today? What's on my to-do list today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to leave the house and get some fresh air. That mm-hmm. was my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, my to-do list is so endlessly long um, mm-hmm. with all of the stuff that I need to write and all of the stuff I need to, you know, look into all of these albums, listening to these countless albums I have on my desk, but doing the Vivian Ertz one. I've done all my notes on it, so I just need to write it. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, something on my to-do list, I've been doing a lot of reading recently. And I've read, I've read about four books since the start of the year, which is okay. crazy because over the last few years, I've, I haven't done much reading because of university and stuff. Sure. So I just always put on my to-do list to at least do an hour of reading a day. <gasps> I love that. that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually on your to-do list to make sure you read every day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm reading A Seat at the Table, mm. which is a... Yes, a, a, a music feminism book. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm finding it really interesting because I'm finding loads of artists that I haven't listened to. And also, they're not jazz, but um, they don't have to be jazz. I, I love all music. I love everything. So I kind of put also, I have loads of albums that I've just downloaded, random albums from different kind of genres. And I'm like, I'm just going to listen to this whole album today and that kind of thing. My to-do list isn't that long because I am still in recovery mode. Of course. But, um, yes, but do you know what? A to-do list can also include, I'm going to take some time out. 
yeah I've been making this is what's blanket. quite interesting so, keep my, making to-do list, my to-do lists are horrendous mm. and what I what I try and do every now and again is I literally write on my to-do list sometimes take a breath because yeah. it's easy to kind of put all these things here and you try and plow through them but then you have to try and be realistic so uh, for me and I certainly encourage everyone to do that it's like on your to-do list every day should be at least a moment when you take a breath and actually take some time out for you because we yeah. often forget that and also because when you want to recover and I, I always put I'm putting pressure on myself because I'm uh, this weekend I wanted to go I booked to go see my friends in Cardiff and because it's the uh the Six Nations and everything and it's going to be a big drinking weekend but I haven't been drinking at all because of my mm. because of my tooth so I've I've been putting pressure on myself to recover but also like I'm just going to just take time to just rest because I want to be on top four when I go away this weekend and have a fun time with my friends so yeah absolutely okay well look <laughs> thank you so so much um it's been really good to talk to you uh and if, if anyone wants to find out more about you they can find you certainly on our women in jazz media um I say ah this is not a women in jazz media podcast I have to be careful <laughs> but you will find uh, women in jazz media you will find Isabel but also you've got a fantastic website that's got your whole portfolio could you could you tell everyone how to find yes. you online um uh, yeah I'm finding it difficult because like I you have to pay extra money to have like the special um link but it's it's an it's called a new music and it's Isabel Marquez journal portfolio um it's in it's on if you go on the women in jazz media page and click on my little face it will just take you straight to my website so that one might be an easy way to find me um but yeah and it has all of my articles all of my thoughts and feelings um and hopefully there'll be a few more articles up there in in the next few weeks fantastic <laughs> i can get my stuff together my head together yes <laughs> thank you so much for joining me and honestly um i know some people listening to this probably don't know who you are but hopefully now they'll go i'm glad i know who this woman is now how incredible oh. is she and hopefully they will explore your oh, work and thank you for having me I no so thank honest. you for all you do i've never been a guest <laughs> <laughs> but honestly thank you for and I, I don't mean this as a from a personal point of view but the support you give other artists men and women obviously the incredible work you do for women in jazz media but um the, your passion for um uh, supporting people and getting good stuff out there is uh, is amazing so thank you for all you'll do so thank you so beginning. much <laughs> yes I know well that's that's also incredible it's like you've only just started um, so thank you so much for joining me because on my to-do list was talking to Isabel Marquez it was on mine as well yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much thank you